Um, it's just like, I, I'm shocked every time we go on celebrity, like how accommodating they are to our kids. Like my littlest guy occasionally will fall asleep at dinner, you know, cause he refuses to nap, but really still needs a nap. And then like on two separate cruises, totally different cruises, totally different staff. The next night they had like a pillow in his chair. <laughs> everyone to another episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. As you can tell from my voice doing the show intro instead of Brian, I am solo today. Brian is unfortunately ill and unable to join me for this recording. However, I'm not by myself. I have a lovely guest joining me today to talk about some compare contrast Disney Cruise Line with a couple of other cruise lines. So I want to welcome to the show first time guest Jen. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on with me. You have a ton of cruise experience. Need I say, you know, as much as Brian and I have, but you actually have more varied cruise line experience, I would say, than than we do, meaning on multiple lines. Why don't you tell our audience how many cruises you've been on total and on which lines? Sure. So I've been on about 25 cruises. Um, we have mostly cruised before kids. We cruised Celebrity, Princess, and a couple on Holland America. And since kids, we've cruised uh, Celebrity, Royal, and Disney. Awesome. Now, when you say since kids, how old are your kids and who is in your traveling or sailing party I- current day? Yes. Uh, so there's uh, four of us, myself, my husband, and then we have two little boys who are currently four and six. So oh, our so old- little one. Yeah. So our oldest one has been cruising since he was nine months old. <laughs> wow. and, and our little guy has missed a few, uh, you know, with COVID kind of screwing us up there. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely been on a few as well since in his four years. <laughs> Wow, that's quite a bit of a sailing experience for all of you, especially since nine months. We didn't take Nathan on his first cruise until he was four, I think. So yeah, what what made you guys decide to start uh, cruising with them so young? Like, was that sort of a difficult decision? And uh, sort of what played into that? Yeah, so we had cruised a ton um, before we had kids. We were married for about 10 years before we had kids. So we had lots of time to do some traveling. And so it was just how we went on vacation. And at first we were like, it's not going to be worth it. It's going to be too much work. We're not going to do it till they're older. Um, But then we just missed it so much. Um, And so we just jumped right back in basically as soon as we could, because you have to be six months old. And so we, uh, we, uh, our first cruise with um, our oldest when he was nine months old was on Celebrity because that's what we had cruised the most without kids. And uh, we did a couple with him on Celebrity. And then when I was pregnant, um, we did our first Disney cruise as kind of like a little family baby moon before our other guy was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would have been an interesting way to cruising while pregnant. I'm not sure I'd really want to cruise while pregnant, but... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, going on vacation, um, you know, when you can't have a cocktail kind of isn't that much fun either. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a bummer. Well, I I love your varied experience. I I would love to kind of focus on some of the, the cruises that you've taken in the past year, because in the past like 12 months, you've been on three different cruise lines. Why don't you tell us which cruise lines you've sailed just in the past 12 months. 
Yeah. So I, it's actually a year ago from this week, we were on the Disney Fantasy for Pixar Day at Sea. So a seven night Western itinerary. Um, then in May of 2023, we were on a back to back on Royal Caribbean Freedom of the Seas um, out of Miami. So just like Bahamas, perfect day, back to back itineraries. In July, we were in Alaska on the Celebrity Millennium for a seven-night itinerary, uh, one way from Anchorage to Vancouver. And then we just got off the Celebrity Beyond uh, six-night uh, Western Caribbean. That's a lot of cruising. That's a, that's as much as the duo does in a year, Jen. So kudos to you. This is it, it all kind of fell together. We're normally like two, three, if we're lucky, four in a year was was a little much for us, but not much like too much cruising, much like too much spending money on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> right. And time off work and all that too is hard as well. So I think a great topic for today's show is comparing and contrasting these different cruise lines. And of course, we have to do, you know, some focus on on the kids, because I think a lot of people's hesitation with, for example, celebrity, uh, not with Royal Caribbean, because Royal's obviously known as being sort of the primary competitor Disney Cruise Line is bringing kids onto a, a celebrity cruise because it, it sort of has the reputation for skewing older. So I definitely want to talk about that. But before we get there, I want to start with some of the sort of basic compare contrast, which is like the booking process, for example. Does the booking process differ between, and, and let's take it with all three, right? We've got Disney. We know we can do the online booking or through a travel agent or calling Disney Cruise Line. Is the booking process similar? And if it's not, does it? in what ways does it differ when you're booking with Royal and Celebrity? So it's similar. You can book online. You can call. Um, I don't use a travel agent. I do everything myself because I always end up making tweaks or this or that. And I just kind of like to play around with it. Vacation research is kind of like a little hobby. So but the biggest difference is that the other cruise lines do not have all of these tiered you know, timelines for when you can book your excursions, book your arrival time. Um, the only thing is when you're doing celebrity or royal, you book your arrival time. It's either 30 or 45 days out, but it is not the dramatic experience that it is with Disney. So it's like, not the port, the 30 day port arrival time. Everyone's online at midnight or now it's tiered, obviously, but where, where the whole system crashes uh, because everybody's trying to get online at once. Exactly. Like we were traveling both of our cruises on Celebrity this year with family. And, you know, I was like telling them, like, you have to get because before COVID on all these other cruise lines, there was no port arrival time. Like, you know, they'd be like, for little crowds, arrive after 2 p.m. But like, you know, there was no like, pick your slot. So that was kind of new to us when we started cruising with Disney. And then we saw everybody else following suit after COVID. And so I was telling my brother and sister-in-law, like, you know, you've got to get your port arrival time. And they were like, what are you talking about? And so I like jump on, of course, and like all the early port arrival times are available because people that cruise other cruise lines don't have this like crazy Disney mentality. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So they're not rope drop culture, right? That's the yeah. Wow. Exactly. In fact, I've started saying things like rope drop culture and other people are like, what, what does that what is, mean? What are you right. talking about? <laughs> right. Those of us that are inside the Disney bubble know exactly what that means because it's 
obviously all started at the parks, but it, but I think, as you know, it's extended to like every other area of the Disney portfolio between Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, uh, Run Disney is actually even worse. But and then, of course, all of the holiday parties or Moonlight Magic or any of the like specialty stuff, everything is rope job culture. You have to be online or ready to book or you have to be first in line for the character or whatever, right? Like, and no matter what part of the Disney bubble you're in. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, what about booking, you know, excursions um, and the like? I, I know there's, it's not tiered, but is there like a specific date by which you can start booking excursions and other onboard amenities when you're doing a royal and a celebrity like there is for Disney? Or is it just more of a free-for-all? Um, so it depends on how far, like if you book a cruise on opening day and it's like not for 23 months, I don't think everything's available to book. But they slowly start rolling it out. So when we booked our Alaska cruise, for example, we booked it in January, we went in July, and all specialty dining, all excursions, all of that stuff was up and available to book when we booked. You book your reservation, and then you're just like, great, I'm going to grab my specialty dining reservations. And so yes, stuff gets booked up, especially as you get closer to the cruise, but you just you don't have that same feeling of like you're not going to be able to get as much stuff, especially if you're, you know, maybe on the last minute cruise, you might log in and be like, oh, a lot of stuff's taken, but not so much if you're booking like further in advance. What about onboard booking? Uh, did you have you found that if there was, you know, something that you sort of changed your mind about, you decide you hadn't booked it in advance, but you wanted to book it? We know with Disney Cruise Line, there are certain things that are really difficult to right? like, uh, for example, Palo Brunch, especially on a shorter cruise, if there's only one sea day or Nassau day, it's very difficult to get Palo Brunch without, you know, having a high castaway club status or concierge or something like that. Did you find anything on either Royal or Celebrity that that was sort of that similar like coveted experience that is really difficult to book if you don't book it in advance. I think that there's a couple of specialty dining restaurants um, on the diff- various ships on both cruise lines that book up in advance. And especially on Celebrity, I think there's a few of the nicer restaurants that have smaller capacities that definitely book up and even on board can be difficult to get into. I know on the newer ships like the Edge Class series on Celebrity, they have like Eden and an, another one on the newer ships that's by a celebrity chef that are small capacity and are typically booked in advance. And like, you'd really just have to check back continuously for a cancellation. I, I didn't see, I didn't get the feeling that they might, maybe if you're in a high level suite, I'm sure there's a way to get in, but I didn't get the feeling that they're like holding back a percentage for like just onboard booking. Gotcha. That makes sense. So moving on to the ship, let's talk a little bit about uh, boarding embarkation procedures, right? We've all talked, obviously, at length about what it's like on Disney and how, depending upon which port you're going to, it can be relatively smooth, like at Port Canaveral, or it could be sometimes, you know, delays in boarding because of usually customs, right? And San Diego is a good example. Sometimes Miami is a good example where customs sometimes takes a while to clear. Um, Did you find that the embarkation process on, um, you know, Royal and Celebrity, were they similar, different? Uh, how do they compare to Disney? Yeah, so it just depends like where you're at. So if you're at a main port, if you're if you're on Royal or Celebrity out of Fort Lauderdale or Miami, 
They have these like insane new terminals with like face recognition technology, and they're very super smooth processes. Um, when we were in Alaska, you're like, it's kind of like a barn shed type situation and you just go in and um, (laughs) that is, I think it's similar, can be similar in Europe and Alaska. People are arriving from like so many different pre-cruise activities that I think it staggers it out and kind of cancels out some of the chaos. Uh, We have only up until now sailed Disney out of Port Canaveral. So aside from like, you know, trying to get there a little earlier than your scheduled port time, you know, we've just only ever had that port canal experience, which has always been very smooth. Well, interesting. The facial recognition technology, that's pretty cool. So do you have to like, do they have to scan your passport ahead of time? How does that how does that part play into I know it I know it plays into debarkation and makes debarkation really, really smooth. I guess it's debarkation where you just basically walk off and they yeah. Um, embarkation, you go, you know, you register everything in advance, your photos, similar to Disney. But again, like there's not as much of that rope drop culture. So yes, there's kind of those like that initial crowd of people who get there like right when the door is open. But other than that, like the boarding process is a little smoother, I think, because like there's not as much like I have to get on right this second. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, let's shift to to onboard and onboard experience. Um, First, I think we need to talk a little bit about stateroom. Uh, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of variety depending upon what category you pick and, you know, what your budget is, of course, on any cruise line. If you're sailing in a suite class versus a regular class, are there some like major differences that you notice between the cruise lines on, you know, stateroom, either size, layout, anything of that nature? Uh, Yes. So the biggest thing I noticed is that Disney, I just assumed that every cruise line cabin that slept four people had like the Pullman bunk situation. Because I'm like, obviously, if you're putting four people in a cabin, it's probably kids. You know, I don't know. I just kind of thought that. We cruised Disney a bunch. That's what they had. It was great. Then when we started, like, maybe we should check out Royal just for, like, price. You know, they're a little less expensive. Royal, except for, I think, maybe on the Oasis of the Seas, almost exclusively has just a couch bed that folds out as, like, a double bed. And, you know, maybe for a party of three, that might be fine. Our kids are small, so it's okay. But then, you know, they're, like rolling around and touching each other and like not settling down. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But the biggest yeah. problem for us is that on Royal they've gone to service once a day. So they don't they don't put the bed away. So it's so Oh, so the work. bed's out the entire day. So if they don't come and do service until it's like turn down service or cleaning service or whatever, they're not putting right like on Disney in the morning you get a morning service that would then they stow the bed, even if it's a bunk bed, which real the bunk bed's really not in the way. Um they stow the bunk bed and they fold the couch bed, which is right under the bunk bed. For those who haven't been on Disney and are listening you know, to the show, maybe for the first time, you've got in most state rooms, the bunk bed that sleep for the bunk bed, and then a couch that opens. It's not opening like a, it opens sort of sideways. If I, I hope that's a good explanation. It's not a, it's not a, <laughs> yeah, like a, more like a futon and sort of, it like flips upside down, but like kind of like a futon, but it doesn't open like a sofa bed, right? Which it's more comfortable than your average sofa bed, but it sleeps only one person. And so that's sort of the, the difference there. But they, but the, 
the room steward comes usually while you're either at breakfast or you're at whatever day's activities or if you're if it's a port day while you're off at your port excursion and they make up your room such that the beds are all put away and you've got use of the couch but wow so on royal that bed is staying out so is that taking up like entire your entire like living room like i'm like a little you know research crazy person so when we were on royal we were they occasionally will like add or subtract cabins when they do dry docks so we actually had an ocean view cabin that was kind of like extra wide um so it was actually fine for us but this is like 10 cabins on the whole ship if you were in a standard balcony or a standard ocean view you would have like you know that six inches or a foot to like sneak by the edge of the bed and the dresser or the wall or whatever it is and so with little kids to me that's kind of you know, stressful because there's zero floor space then for them to be anywhere in the cabin. Um, So we did not, we didn't like service once a day and we didn't like the bed staying out. After cruising on, I don't know, let's say we've been on some ships twice, but let's say roughly 20 cruise ships. The Disney ships are like spotlessly clean. And I'm not saying these other cruise lines aren't clean or dirty or whatever, but like not to the level of Disney. Um, the other thing I would say about Disney is the uh, furniture and linens and towels and everything is like very nice quality. Definitely not on Royal, I wouldn't say. Um, and on Celebrity, um, also pretty nice, but I would say maybe not quite as nice as the, the, the amenities you have on Disney. I'm not like a real i don't really care that much about the split bathroom because we have little little kids that can yeah, i was gonna do- ask that the split oh. bathroom they they're not going to the bathroom by themselves right they're not showered by themselves but i can see when you have older kids that it would be very helpful to have two separate bathroom spaces which is unique only to disney yeah. Now, do you get a stateroom typically that has a tub on all of the cruise lines? Because your kids are are pretty young. Not that a six-year-old and a four-year-old can't shower, but they are more likely bathers rather than showers. I will tell you, Nathan started showering like pretty young and he now he only showers now at 10. Um, I can't remember the last time he took a bath, but yeah. And then I will say we did something that's probably unique. Um, before we ever went on our first cruise, when our oldest was nine months old, we were just at home and I was like, what if we just practiced like you taking him in the shower and like we need to buy a blow up bathtub and do all these things, like all these tips and tricks I've heard. And so we just like, I just put him in the shower with my husband. I like washed him up while he was holding him. And it like he didn't cry or anything. So we were like, cool, shower. And then that's just what we did. So they've just always taken showers. They think it's kind of fun. And then on Disney, I think on every ship we've been on anyways, like the shower head is like adjustable. So you can like actually like kind of bring it down to their level and make kind of like a mini shower, which they thought was just really funny. So they just always showered. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's a good tip, actually. Teach your kid to shower early and it won't be a problem. I mean, but babies might have a problem with that, but like, right. you know, toddler and older, throw them in the shower. <laughs> right, right. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, Nathan started showering pretty young too. So, um, you know, he did probably our first couple cruises. He probably bathed in the bathtub, but after I can't like, I can't remember the last time he took a bath. 
interesting that the split bathroom you mentioned, though, is not a big deal when you have little kids. And I really don't think about that because I love having it even just for Brian and I, I kind of love that like one we can get ready in different places. But also like when somebody's using the shower, it, it doesn't make... Well, I mean, of course you can go to the bathroom on the toilet when somebody else is in the bathroom using the shower, but I prefer not to. I like a little mystery in my relationship. <laughs> no, I've always loved the idea of a toilet closet. Like I, I love when the toilet is separate from the rest of the bathroom. I just think that's where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so we, so it, it does work out. Like it's nice to have. And I like, like we, we kind of do like one is for like bathroom and hand washing. And then the other one is like flowering and teeth brushing. And that's like kind of how we set up the two separate bathrooms. Um, we were lucky this year on both of our celebrity cruises to do connecting cabins. And a celebrity does not, depending on what promotions they're running, you know, it's all always kind of a guessing game. That's the other thing I'll say about Disney is like, not inexpensive, but like there's not all these different crazy promotions that don't really necessarily change the price, but like maybe think like there's a deal or something out there. They don't trick you into, right. They don't trick you into thinking you're getting a deal. You're just not getting a deal. You're just like, right. for, for anyone who's listening, you're just, you're not, you're never getting a deal on Disney. I shouldn't say never. There was that, um, that deal they did, that Disney plus deal that they did, yeah. um, Which last did. year. Uh <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that, and that was a deal, um, on a on limited number of cruises. Yeah. Yes, but I will say um, real quick on that. It, now, yes, if you go on a Disney cruise, we have little kids. There's going to be a million kids, but there's never going to be more kids than when there's a kids sale free promotion. And somehow that just like did not really register to me. I was like, this is great. We're money. We're going to go on this cruise anyways. Um, there was like oh, oh, close to 1,200 kids on our sailing. Oh my God. This is on Royal then, right? No, on our Disney Pixar Day at Sea sailing. Oh, on that sailing. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, because it was that like third and fourth passenger free. So like the ship was at capacity. Like every third and fourth berth was full. Like it was too much. Like yeah. <laughs> we have little kids. So yeah. I was like not prepared for that. But on celebrity, depending on what kind of crazy promotion they may or may not have running, they don't discount the third and fourth passenger very much. So for not a lot more money, you can usually do connecting cabins. Yeah, that's really nice. Now, Royal, I know very often does they the kids sale free promotion. Did, have you sailed using that promotion? And did you find the, the Royal ship kind of overrun with kids like the Disney one was? Um, so we did on our Royal cruises this year, There it was kids sale free promotion. Um, no, because they run it a ton. And like, you know, they'll, they'll run it and they'll be like, except maybe over summer break and like winter break, every single cruise sale free when they do their promotion sometimes. So I didn't notice... It actually, we cruised the first week in May. Um, I mean, we this year my son was in, or last year we cruised. My son was in kindergarten. My other son's just in daycare. So we just pulled him out and went because it was my 40th birthday. And so it wasn't too many kids. It was like kids, but like a normal amount of kids. 
yeah. So that that was okay. And then celebrity, obviously, like not very many kids. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of kids, I feel like this is the perfect transition to talking about the kids clubs. Um, and we'll talk about other kid friendly activities um, after we talk about the kids clubs. But tell me, um, one, do did the royal and celebrity ships you sail on all have kids clubs? Because we know that this is like obviously on all of Disney's ships have kids clubs. What was the structure, meaning sort of age ranges that they had? And and what did you all think of, of their versions of Oceaneers Club and Lab, I guess? Yeah. So we're really lucky. Our kids love the kids clubs. Um, they don't, they're not afraid to go. They do go to daycare full time, but I've heard plenty of people on here that have kids that go to daycare full time that are still not super into the clubs. Um, so the biggest difference is that Disney's clubs are open from the morning until the night, no closing hours. Um, Royal and Celebrity have the same. And I think like Princess and Holland all follow suit with this. They're open from nine to 12. 2 to 5 and 7 to 10. So lunch and like your main dinner hours, they're closed. Um, so for us, like that's the maybe the thing I like the least because I love like on Disney, I love to let them kind of like go run around before dinner and we can have, a, you know, a cocktail before dinner by ourselves. And so that's one thing that goes out the window when the kids club is not open <laughs> for those Unless hours. Unless you're going for... An early cocktail, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that's that's to me is like one of the biggest differences. Um, obviously, both clubs are smaller. So Royal is bigger than Celebrity, but nowhere near as much real estate dedicated as Disney. Royal has some structured activities, some free time. They kind of, I feel like, corral the kids maybe a little bit more into doing structured activities than they do on Disney. Um, and then their age groups are three to six, seven to 10, and then like, you know, the tween teen ones. Uh, celebrity is same age ranges. Um, I think they switched to three to five because my son is six now. So he was in the like six to nine. And then um, they do very structured programming. So they have like, so you say you drop off at nine, right? When they open, they have like half an hour of free time where like people are kind of getting dropped off. Then they do kind of two hours of kind of structured, like they have like art time, game time, you know, di all different kinds of activities that they do switch through. And then they go back to kind of free time at sort of the end of the session. Gotcha. Now, when you, I guess, are dropping your kids off, are you having to like pre-book these sessions, both for Royal and for Celebrity? Because, And the reason I ask is it sounds like there are sort of more set sessions, like more set three-hour sessions, right? So are you booking a session? And if so, how are you booking that? Could you just drop off and pick up at like different times or shorter times? Yes. So you can't, you do not have to pre-book anything. It's all just drop off. Um, the, the one thing I don't know is, so Celebrity does not have a nursery, but on most royal ships, they have a nursery, um, or at least on the newer ones and the ones that have been refurbished. So I don't know if you have to book time on those or if you can just drop off. But once you're over three and you're in the club, it's just drop off. You can go anytime. So if you show up at 11 just for the last hour, they just kind of stick you in wherever your group is. But for some reason, well, I guess the reason is like 
especially for the night session, like that seven o'clock is rough because everybody's like, I'm trying to drop my kids off to go to specialty dining or go to a show. And so like, sometimes it can be like 20 minutes on Royal to do that drop off at seven. Yeah. Cause people are lining up cause they're like, I'm trying to get to a seven o'clock reservation and they, you know, you ought to be first in line. So that's, that's definitely a downside is having that like bottleneck. Um, and then the kids are all like jumping around, squirming around. They just want to get in there and they're like, why are we waiting in line? So yeah, that's definitely downside. Celebrity, there's just not enough kids to um, like have it. We would drop off pretty much like at seven um, for the night and they, you know, there'd, there'd be a couple other people dropping off, but it wasn't like the kind of same bottleneck rush. Yeah. I will say I have found on the Wish um, of of the Disney ships, the Wish does have that bottleneck. And I think it's because it's a shorter cruise, right? It's a three-night or a four-night cruise. And so people are trying to get sort of the the most out of their cruise and dropping off their kids more often. And it might be dropping them off for like the very first time, which, you know, or if they have to do the registration at the beginning of the cruise, that sort of thing. So I find that the wish sometimes has that that bottleneck with drop off and pick up, particularly um, after dinner that because people want to go to yeah, people want adults want to go to the shows, right? The adult only shows. And so but on the other ships, I don't know that I've experienced more than, you know, maybe a five minute wait to do drop off or pick up is usually pretty smooth. I think like for us on Disney pickups, like usually like slightly longer because they have to like locate your kid and then like lure them out. <laughs> and, um, you know, like that's I'm a good slow- sign, though, Jen, that yeah, means the kid doesn't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right. Where you're just like, um, that's my kid over there, like, you know, trying to get them to come out. So. So that sometimes takes a while. And the wish it's cool because they like, you know, look them up and they're like, get Leo out of the Marvel room. (laughs) Right. I love that. Yeah. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode now do you find that your kids enjoy all of the clubs equally i will say for those who haven't listened to our episode on royal caribbean that brian and nathan went without me we're going to go on royal again actually well me for the first time them again later this year but nathan seemed to enjoy i mean 
I think the difference was like the club was not as interesting, but he liked the activities because they were engaging and it was a smaller age range. So he liked the kids clubs activities, maybe even more, even though the kids club itself, like they didn't have the cool technology. So it was sort of like a wash because of those things. I think that's very accurate for our kids as well. Like they are just like, we want to play and they still have video games and art and all the things. But like, I think maybe it's almost like as an adult, you walk in there and you're like, "Eh, it's fine. Like, you know, it's not like, like it looks like a really super nice daycare, right? Like it's not like you're like, wow, look at all that Marvel stuff or princess stuff, you know. Um, I will say on Freedom of the Seas, uh, one of the reasons we went on it is because the ship was really recently renovated and they had totally redone their kids club. So, you know, while it's not like character themed, it was like a lot more like lots more colors and comfy seats and all kinds of, you know, different things that made it seem like a little more homey. Awesome. All right. Well, let's stick with talking about the kids and talking about onboard activities. So let's talk daytime onboard activities that are family friendly. Um, What did you think of the offerings on Celebrity and Royal as compared to what we get on Disney? And on Disney, for those who don't know, mostly we're talking family style game shows. Of course, we've got character meet and greets and interactions. Um, And then we've got family focused trivia. And that's, you know, that's sort of the bulk of the daytime activities. If Obviously, there's pool deck and water slides and all of that as well. Yeah. How did you find the offerings on Celebrity and Royal and, and how they compare to what DCL offers? Yeah. So the biggest thing, like, you know, we're, we like just the kids like to swim and do the water slides and all of that. And for me on Disney, that gets crazy. Um, and with the size of the pools, you know, kids soup, all, all the stories are true. Um, the kids still jump in there. Like the kids don't actually seem to mind. I think it's like the grownups that are like, hmm, maybe that's, I don't know. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to get in the middle of the kid's soup, but my kid doesn't mind being in the middle of the kid's right, soup. Yeah, we're like finally on this Pixar day at Sea Cruise, like we'd get out there early and then, you know, by like 11, we'd be like, that's enough. Like, that's just too many kids. (laughs) I love that. That's hilarious. On Royal, they have a pretty big pool. Um, They have like bigger water slides. They have not every ship, but on a lot of the ships, they have like, calling it a splash pad would be like a disservice. It's like a water park. And that was very cool. Like it's, it's enclosed. So, you know, that's nice. Like there's not like a bunch of escape routes <laughs> uh, for your kid. Um, it's pretty big, you know, so even that never really seemed to get overcrowded. So we did really like those. For me and Royal, like knowing what they offer across all their ships, bumper cars, rock climbing, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's not like available to you unlimitedly, right? Like, so it has certain hours and, you know, now Royal's so complicated. Like sweet guests can go at this time. If you've paid for the key, you can go at this time, you know? So it's like, it's complicated to schedule it in your day. So to me, it's like those things exist, but like you're probably going to do them each once per cruise. You know, you're not going to be like rock climbing all day or bumper carring all day. And I didn't find that there were like any, there's not like Disney where, yes, there's lots you could go do, but there's not activities specifically for families. You know, there's not family trivia. There's not midship detective agency, you know, things like that. 
Celebrity through the kids club does, I'm going to say like three to four family activities per week. So you would have like a scavenger hunt, family silent disco, maybe like two other ones. I forget what the ones were on this cruise. They like didn't line up with our schedule. So we didn't end up doing them. But they are like designated for you to do with your kids run through the kids club. So that's kind of nice that they like set aside a few activities. A couple are during the day and a couple are at night. So you can kind of like spread, you know, you could you could hit them all if you wanted to. And they're all on different days. Um, So we we although we didn't do them, like I like the presence of them if they did fit into our schedule. Uh, We couldn't get our kids out of the kids club on the beyond like like it would be closing and they would be crying. And I'm like, you literally cannot stay here. You have Aww. to come. <laughs> you can't sleep. They don't have any beds in here. Well, that's a really good, that's, that's a really good sign. Um, what about uh, the nighttime activities? And I'm not talking for kids really anymore. I'm talking adult activities. What did you think? I would say this is the area where maybe Disney is the weakest, not on shows, obviously, and shows there at the top. But as far as evening activities in the bars and whatnot. They do have, you know, some trivia and they always do an adult like sort of game show. There's really just one spot on the ship, on any of the ships, right, that you can go and do that. And then there might be a bar that you can listen to a piano player or something like that. And my my impression is some of these other cruise lines have more nightlife going on. What was your impression uh, on Royal and then on Celebrity as well? I think, yes, that there's always on Royal and Celebrity going to be multiple live music uh, opportunities happening and usually simultaneously. So it's not like from seven, be here at eight, be here. Like they overlap and there's different options available to you depending on your tastes. There's also the theater shows, which are, which I would say like cruise theater shows are really good and, you know, all of that until I had seen the ones on Disney, of course. And now I always like, we don't even go most of the time because I'm just like, "Eh, it's fine. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, those of us who've been on Disney Cruise Line are just totally spoiled from, you know, Disney, Disney level productions that are, you know, Broadway style, they call them. They're, I will say they are not Broadway caliber across the board, but there are definitely several of them that are Broadway caliber. And the casts are usually a few of the folks in the cast are Broadway caliber and the rest of them are probably like off Broadway or very high level, you know, big city local theater caliber kind of, you know, folks. So they're very talented individuals. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely spoiled, but it's really the storytelling that we're spoiled by. Exactly. And like these shows are good. The, the singers and dancers are good. Um, I think it's the storytelling though, because you're like, what is this up? out like what's like you're just like there's no real story and I like as much as the next person like I forget what they're called but you know where it's just like a collection of songs like like a variety or jukebox songs or Elton John songs like I like that like that's fun um my kids don't though so (laughs) not engaging for them yeah my kids love going to the shows on Disney and we'll sit through them so wow at four and six I am so jealous Jen because Nathan (laughs) he will not sit through the shows with me he has been he'll he can sit through a show but he if given the choice he he doesn't and it's certainly harder for him to sit through something that's like longer than a half hour show my my little guy too like when he was maybe too little he would just fall asleep um 
which is crazy because it's loud. But yeah. Um, yeah, my oldest has always loved them. Um, and so that's always really fun. Even if occasionally my husband and youngest son won't go and I'll just go with my six-year-old. But um, I, I miss that a lot. And the thing I miss the most, because um, like our last three cruises were not on Disney. And sometimes I get like, Disney's too expensive. And there's certain things I don't like, which we can talk about when we get to dining. Um, but I miss like, I miss being able to like, do some of those family activities together. Like it's awesome that the kids like to go to the kids club. Um, but on Disney, I find that we end up pulling them out sometimes because it's like, we want to go do this thing that we've come here to do, right? Like see the characters, go to the shows, do the art crafts, whatever, you know? So I do miss that from the other cruise lines, like that opportunity to do some of those more family activities. You know, that's a good point. I forgot about family crafts. I feel like I I love family crafts as well. I love like whether it's making something to go on your door or an ornament or whatever. I feel like they always have fun stuff. Oftentimes you don't even have to like go and stay. You can just like pick up the crafts and take them with you and do them in your room if you want to do them in a quieter space. But yeah, I really enjoy that as well. Yeah. This is... I. I think a perfect point, though, you mentioned dining, which is a perfect, perfect segue. Um, Dining is a big thing on all cruise lines. I think other cruise lines are known for having way more variety than Disney. I think that's sort of the the biggest thing I hear, right? A buffet that's just bigger, that's open all the time, having all these specialty dining restaurants, um, having more flexibility with like anytime, my time, whatever they call that on the other cruise lines. What would you say are um, the things you like about Disney Cruise Line dining and the things you don't like about Disney Cruise Lines? And then we'll sort of do the compare to the other the other lines as well. Yeah. So one thing I lo- one thing I love about it is that you don't have to get dressed up. Like I think it's so fun to do like our family T-shirts and like you know you can wear those to dinner and everyone's doing it and you know so I think that's so fun and it's so nice when you have little kids to be like you can wear your Spider-Man shirt to, to, to dinner and that's like perfectly what everyone else is doing. Yeah, you can wear your jammies to dinner. Frankly, nobody as long as you're wearing clothes, you can. It's pretty much anything goes. Yeah, and we did like. Halloween on the high seas cruise ones and they just wore their Halloween costumes every single day. Like, you know, you know, they just, they love it. It's fun. You know, it's fun to, you know, get them matching shirts and do all that kind of stuff. So I love that hands down. Obviously some of their cruise lines are more casual, but it's not the same, um, like vibe. It's like some people are wearing tuxes and some people are wearing shorts. Like it's not this kind of fun themed environment. I think the food is really good for cruise food, um, but it's loud. And we kind of like dinner, always on cruises, dinner is kind of unlike, you know, have your wine and talk and relax. And I think it's very unrelaxing on Disney because it's loud. There's stuff going on. Um, We haven't been on the Magic and Wonder, but we've been on the Wish. And while I appreciate the show, they're so loud. And I, I just hate how loud it is. So that's like, I just don't like that it's not a relaxing dining experience. Um, The other thing I would say is on Royal, the food's mediocre. It's fine. It's not, I've, you know, heard they've done a lot of changes and it's inedible. It's not, it's fine. Um, Celebrity is very good food. But when you're 
in an environment where there's not as many kids, I, I think some people would be concerned, like, is there a kid's menu? Like, are, you know, are we going to get like all the things we need for our kids at dinner? And we have found on, so our older son has been on five celebrity cruises and we have had like insane service in the dining room with relation to our kids, like whatever we could possibly want. Like we're like, all we need is some fruit and like a cheeseburger and, you know, we're good to go. But they are like constantly, what can we do? What can we do? And I think it has a little bit to do with like through talking with some of the staff, like they don't see kids as much. They kind of miss their kids. Like they're excited to interact with kids. The Disney staff is amazing. But I have found on a lot of our Disney cruises that they just seem overstretched to me. And that it's, it's like everybody has kids. So it's like we're trying to get... You're not a novelty. Things. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get all the things for all these kids, right? So it's like, can their food come out first? And they're like, Sure, but like everybody wants their kids' food to come out first. And so I just, while they're doing it, I feel like we've found like we feel like we're kind of taxing them in some of these like pretty minor requests. And yeah, we've always had very pleasant service, but I don't know. I just feel like they've got maybe they have more tables than they used to. Um, it's just like, I, I'm shocked every time we go on celebrity, like how accommodating they are to our kids. Like, my littlest guy occasionally will fall asleep at dinner, you know, because he refuses to nap, but really still needs a nap. And then like on two separate cruises, totally different cruises, totally different staff. The next night, they had like a pillow in his chair, like a pillow, from, like not like a bed pillow, but like a pillow from like a couch or something, you know, like you're just like so paying attention that it it just is like, it's kind of a lot of people will say cruising has changed over the years. And it reminds me of like when we first started cruising and it was like a little more formal and fancy. And like, you just really felt like every little single thing was like perfectly taken care of for you. So on Disney, I do feel like that in a lot of ways. Like we were talking about the cabins. They're so accommodating. Like, do you want, when do you want your room service? When is your nap time? Do you want your beds? You know, like we were talking about the beds. Do you want them down, up? You know, like, because sometimes depending on if our kids are napping, they leave the bed, they make the beds, but like leave them out. You know, diaper, genies, bottle warmers, like you name it, you can get it. Um, so amazing in that regard. But um, I just, when you, everybody has a table full of kids, it, it, I just feel like it can get kind of chaotic. Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. And on the wish in particular, the loudness in in the Marvel restaurant and in Arendelle are, yeah, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable how loud they get. Um, of course, nineteen twenty three is, is is generally fine. I think the it's a little it's tight, but it's um, but it's fine as far as volume. I will say, if you go on the Magic and the Wonder, Rapunzel's and Tiana's are very very loud um, on the nights that they do the shows. If you are there, if you're on one of those ships on a long cruise and you you know you're there you're in there a second or a third time on the night that they don't have a show it's not it, it's it's generally okay um but then you also have animators palette which animators palette i don't know for some people it's loud for me it's not too loud um but it's it's certainly louder than uh the third dining room meaning tritons yes, or lumiers yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the thing my husband dislikes the most is like the loudness of the dining and so our next cruise is on the dream and i was like but 
I was like, none, you know, you've got animators, but you know, you've also got Enchanted Garden and Royal Palace. So I was like, no show restaurants. Although the dream is going into a month long dry dock before we go on. And I'm like, are they going to get a show restaurant now? Well, it's, it's certainly possible. I mean, there's been chatter for years about updating Enchanted Garden on the dream and the fantasy. And the dream's going to go, as you mentioned, into its long dry dock. And then the year after the fantasy is going to go in its, into its long dry dock. And if, if there was a time to update that restaurant, the time is now. Like that restaurant needs an update. Not not because it's not beautiful. It, it's very pretty, but it doesn't really have the theming that other Disney Cruise Line restaurants have. It doesn't, I mean, even Royal Court and Royal Palace are more themed than Enchanted Garden, in my opinion. And most people don't even notice those flowers opening up in the ceiling, um, I would say. Um, I'm, I'm like, pay attention to the flowers and I just always forget and never notice. Right. Yeah. And then you end up just seeing like they're closed at the beginning, they're open at the end and that's it. Yeah. So I would say that that restaurant, I don't have any, this is one thing I have. I have no inside information as to this. This is just my conjecture. Like this, they should update that restaurant. And if they do, there's plenty of opportunity for adding, you know, some IP because there is none in Enchanted Garden currently. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what they do with that. Hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood and hope that they do some theming, <laughs> but that they make uh, maybe a short show or just a cavalcade where the characters come in. I kind of like that. I like when they just do a little one song and the characters kind of do a little, you know, yeah. dance around we, the restaurant. Um, we did two cruises like right after the reopening in COVID and they were doing it in Enchanted Garden for a bit, which was really fun because like everybody came kind of right by your table. And even though I didn't stop for pictures, like it was still fun. Yeah, I like that too. I like a, you know, I like a show at dinner, but a short show, not something that necessarily takes over your whole dinner and you can't talk to your dining companions. Yeah, for sure. You know, we talked a lot about service in in the concept of of really celebrity versus Disney. I'm curious what you think about Royal and its level of service because um, you know, we you mentioned stateroom attendant obviously on the on Disney and um, and you mentioned dining a lot for both Disney and celebrity, but yeah, what do you what would you say as far as the service is on Royal Caribbean and how does it compare to the other two lines, which I think in the scheme of things are considered a little bit higher in the level of luxury? Yeah, so we did not have like the most amazing experience on Royal. It was real, and maybe it was because it was a three and four night back to back. I'm not sure. Like we've never done a three night cruise before, but it was very chaotic, like lots, like dining room service was okay. Like pretty decently. We had a good server, but ship wide, like the people, the employees do not seem happy. Like they were not friendly. Like they weren't rude to you, but they were like, don't talk to me. Like don't make eye contact. Like it was, I just felt like there was like dishes everywhere and bottles everywhere. And, you know, just like not nobody cleaning anything anywhere. Like carpets need to be vacuumed. And especially on a cruise, I think that for me anyways, makes me like a little anxious because, you know, you're always hearing about different cruise, you know, norovirus and this and COVID and all that stuff. So I just, we didn't love it. And especially like you said, I think like to me, even on celebrity, like I think it's clean. I think they do a great job maintaining their ships. Like they've got nothing on Disney. 
the amount of people you see cleaning, doing maintenance, um, like all of that stuff, like these ships are just so incredibly well maintained. Like it's, there's no comparison, I don't think. So for me, like that kind of like, wasn't my favorite part of Royal, um, you know, like the ship was recently renovated, but like, it still looks like a little, it's fine, but like wear and tear a lot more again it was fine but like we're probably not rushing to go back let's say yeah that makes sense all right well you know i think we've reached that point in the show where i'm going to subject you to a little bit of uh question and answers you know some some judgment uh i'll try to withhold judgment since brian is not here to temper my judginess (laughs) um but we're gonna do a little we're gonna do special rapid fire since this is a compare contrast episode and i'm gonna give you a category and you're gonna tell me which cruise line is doing it the best and we're and your choices are always going to be disney royal and celebrity but But before we do that, I have to ask you your favorite Disney character and then your favorite Disney movie. So who is your favorite Disney character? Uh, I think that's really hard. But in our house, we're all about Moana. So I'm going to say Moana and Moana. Oh, I love it. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. Uh, What's your favorite song, actually, then? Oh, um, I just I really love the whole Moana soundtrack. Um, But like I'm a, you know, grew up in the 80s and 90s. So I'm like Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, like, you know, that kind of Disney kid. So any of those. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk then booking. Uh, Who's doing it best? Disney, Royal or Celebrity? And booking, I mean the booking process. Yeah, um, I would say like Royal and Celebrity are tied because I like being able to book excursions and dining like throughout and not like have the crazy rush. And they're owned by the company. So like their websites are like very similar. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. All right. Cabins. Who has the best cabins? Disney, Royal or Celebrity? I really like the celebrity cabins we just stayed in and beyond were beautiful. But I love the deluxe family veranda on I haven't been on the Magic and Wonder, but on the Dream and the Fantasy, like size wise and like layout wise, it, those are probably my favorite cruise cabins. Who has the best entertainment? Disney, Royal, or Celebrity? Yeah, I'll say theater shows, Disney. I'll say like maybe like standard musicians like throughout the ship. I'll probably say Celebrity. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I like that differentiation. Who has the best bars? Um, I mean, I'm going to say Celebrity. Um, I, what I don't like about Disney bars is, well, on... I don't like everything being like corralled in the one adults area because like we will go get a drink or do things and like bring our kids, I guess. And I don't like how that's not so much of an option on Disney. And I don't like that there's not a lot of windows. It's like dark kind of, you know, cavernous back in those areas and on celebrity, especially on the edge class ships. I mean, these spaces are very beautiful, very like integrated with like the ocean, lots of glass. Um, So I'll say Celebrity probably has the best bar spaces. Who has the best kids clubs? Oh, I would say Disney. My kids say like they love their cruises. They cried when they left the kids club. But you ask them as soon as you leave and they say they want to go back on Mickey's ship. (laughs) I love it. Who has the best family activities? Definitely Disney, hands down. Who has the best food? And we're not talking service yet, just the food. Um, Celebrity. Celebrity definitely has the best food. And we didn't touch on this, but real quick, um, a Royal and Celebrity, there's not an age limit on specialty dining. So 
Well, like there's some restaurants we wouldn't take our kids to. There's certainly some that we have and would, and they have kids menus and it's like 10 bucks for the kids to eat there. Um, so it doesn't, especially when you're traveling with family, it doesn't have to like, well, big thing, you can just make a reservation and go with your whole family. So who's doing it best service wise? I've, I'm going to definitely give service um, probably to Disney. I, I think like the staff members are just like seem the happiest, I'll say, on you know, seem the warmest to seem like the happy, you know, happiest to be there. Well, that kind of makes you, you know, that kind of like elevates your experience. All right. If price is not an object, and of course, that's, you know, that's a big if, right? If price is not an object and you could sail tomorrow, are you sailing and just anywhere in the world, let's say, are you sailing on Disney? Are you sailing on Royal? Are you sailing on Celebrity? Let's even just take this out. You're not sailing on Royal. That's clear. So (laughs) are you sailing on Disney or Celebrity if price is not an object? That's really hard. Um, I, I think they just both have the right place and time. Like we have started taking these family cruises with my brother and sister-in-law. And so we're always going to go on celebrity with them. And then we're always going to at least consider Disney for the time being while our kids are young and we're sailing by ourselves as a family. So I think we're going to, you know, try to get on both. Every year. Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, that, listen, that's great. I mean, we talk about how there are other cruise lines that do different things than Disney and different itineraries is obviously a big part of that. And sometimes it will be better price wise. Um, and it, it's I think it's great to find out what other lines are out there and that work for your family. And, and I will say, I, I think this is super helpful because I'm guessing there are a lot of people listening who have kids around the ages of four and six who have never thought to go on a celebrity cruise. And and I want to put this out there. You sailed regular. You didn't sail concierge or suite class. I know we have an episode in our back catalog comparing celebrity. I think it was the Celebrity Edge, which, as you mentioned, is a, a great class of ship. But but comparing the concierge experience to the suite class experience, and 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 that's um, a great comparison too. But uh, but most people are not sailing in the suite class or the concierge class um, on any cruise line. So thank you so much, Jen. This was great to, uh, I think, great information for for those out there in the community who are considering other lines, especially with young kids, because we always talk about Royal as being the comparator. And to me, it sounds like celebrity may be coming up you know, in in that sense, um, I will tell you, and I you probably heard me say this on the show before. We sailed Celebrity twice before we ever had Nathan, and had a lovely time. But they were on way older ships, and we were like the youngest people on board, and we were in our um, I think I was in my late twenties, early thirties at the time. So we haven't sailed Celebrity since, but it's certainly back on my list of, of cruise lines to sail on. So thanks again for joining me, Jen. And we hope to have you back on the show and keep sailing. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find 
all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month. Has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.